Welcome back to another episode of Best Bets here on the Field of 68. We are the three-man weave, ready to talk you through Tuesday, big old Tuesday after big Monday. It's actually Super Tuesday. Come on, Jim. Get it mm-hmm. right. Stick with the branding. It's important. Uh, I am Jim Root, host today, joined by Matt Cox, Kai McEwen. We are powered by Bet Rivers on the Field of 68. Matt is constantly changing locations on us, keeping us guessing over there. We like to see it. Guys, let's talk last night. What were your takeaways? I'm going to hog the mic first because I don't want anybody to swipe my takeaway. Uh, I'm wondering if UNC is going to do this again. Are they really? Our producer mm-hmm. behind the scenes, Jacob, a Tar Heel fan. I'm sure he's grinning off mic right now, off camera. Tar Heels, big shooting performance last two games. Matthew, they are 24 for 51 from three last two games. That is 47%. More specifically, Nance and Leaky Black, 11 for 16. If they're going to get knockdown shooting from those guys on volume, 11 threes in two games that makes UNC pretty impossible to guard. Baycott only had one point last night and they won by 11. So the Tar Heels possibly lurking the prices in the markets of potentially making a run. Uh, they're higher than like San Diego state. Who's going to be seven seed lines higher than them at this stage. It's ridiculous, Matt. I don't know. We'll see with UNC. Yeah, we'll see. I, they beat Florida state and Virginia. Like what do you do? Like Virginia will soon find out as we're starting to find out teams, just not very good. Um, but I do agree, Jim, the dynamic of the shot making from Leaky and especially Pete Nance. And Pete Nance is really the swing guy for this team. Still, even if he trends really far up, I don't think this team has last year upside. So uh, they remain overpriced, I think, in most of these futures markets. I would stay away at this point, Kai. Yeah, um, UNC. Who knows? Who knows with them? I have a hard time seeing them UNC missing the tournament now. They're getting yeah, in. they're getting in. I bet they'll I bet they'll get in. Um, Clemson fans might be a little bit angry about that if it comes push to shove. Uh, my takeaway is Big 12. Baylor beat Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State's in major danger zone right now. I saw one Rocco Miller have them outside of the dance right now in his latest bracket reveal. That's pretty tough sledding for the Cowboys. I'm rooting for Mike Boynton, too, but they're now 0-5 last five games against the spread without Avery Anderson. Tough. West Virginia. Jim appears to punch their ticket with a win at Iowa State. The clones are in free fall right now, probably down to like a six or a seven uh, seed. They've lost like five straight games. Not great yep. at Hilton right have, now. Have not won since the reveal. Two straight home losses. That's the one I think, you know, we were kind of trying to sniff out K-State as like maybe not as good as we thought at the beginning of Big 12 play. Man, it's been Iowa State. They have trended way down. They're like 17 and 12 overall now. Like they that is bubble type record. Thankfully, they have eight Q1 wins. They're, they're in no risk of missing the tournament, but uh, certainly not trending the way you want to entering March Madness. All right, let's get into it, guys. And I decided to put the Big Mountain West tip at the top of the outline. It lost a little bit of its luster over the weekend because San Diego State has already clinched the one seed. They had the buzzer-beating win at the pit in New Mexico. Boise State dropped one in overtime to San Jose State. But now we got Boise laying two and a half at home here, Kai. Really tough spot travel-wise for San Diego State going from New Mexico up to Boise. Off that emotional win, how how are you feeling about this one? The line kind of surprised me, but when I looked at kind of why it's that, it, it makes sense. So they can't get the one seed, Boise, cannot anymore. Boise, yeah, they can tie them, but they would be split, and I think the tie break is already decided. Interesting. Okay, yeah, I mean, not that matters a whole lot to me. You know, Boise's still competing for the two seed. Um, Aztecs look great right now for for the tournament. I mean, they're fighting for a five seed currently, the dangerous five twelve matchup, and this is a team that. Hey, some of us have futures on to win the title. That's how good we thought San Diego State would be preseason. 
I'm big on them. And they crushed Boise State, Matt, in game one. They won by 20, led by 25. But key caveat there, Marcus Shaver was out for that game. He's clearly massive for Boise, given his offensive, his ball handling ability. Um, Boise, weirdly, just six and six against the spread at home. That surprised me because they only have one outright loss at home all year. That was South Dakota State in the very first game of the season. I think it's a great spot for Boise, a bounce back win off that San Jose State loser. San, San Diego State off that buzzer beater win, the crazy win against New Mexico. I lean towards Boise State here, short spread. I do too. I just don't at the current price. It's up to yeah, two and a half, a lot of shot. Even yeah, it took money. Some places, yeah. man. I, I get the situational money here, but I, I still believe San Diego State's one of those teams that is uh, battle tested, you know, insert cliche thing that everyone you know, how we describe these, what these road tested teams, but San Diego state legitimately is that they've played well on the road in so many good spots here. If this gets like too high, like four or five, if money keeps pouring in day, I'll be looking to come in on the Aztecs. They've just proven time and time again, that they are uh, the adults in the room, Jim. And I think the way they played travels well on the road, but yeah, going to the pit, then going up to potato country. I mean, that's a tall order. I, I certainly understand the money, but I respect the Aztecs too much to, uh, to lay it. Yeah, I'm with you. You give me a little bit more value. I might even at three and a half take San Diego State, but I'm not itching to. So I kind of hope it doesn't get that to that. Uh, from a matchup sense, you know, San Diego State, very pack liney. Boise can shoot a little bit over the top when Rice and Dagenhart are making jump shots. They can really beat anybody. And then now that Shaver's back in there, giving that more dynamic creator to them. I, I can see this being a big one for Boise and Kai from a tournament perspective. Boise's big thing is we win all our big home games and you mm-hmm. need to keep that going because they have done basically nothing on the road this year. It's a little bit concerning for them. So lean to Boise uh, at current number, but uh, you know if it if it ticks up, the number's probably going to tease me into taking some Aztecs. We'll see. Next up, Arkansas at Tennessee in the SEC, a big one here. Tennessee fighting for the double buy. We it's weird that the team is top five in Ken Palm. And might not even be top five in the SEC mm-hmm. come the uh, the tournament here. Arkansas, of course, trying to consistently prove that the version with Nick Smith is legit. Matthew, your Vols, I'm giving them you, your Vols. You're still a believer. They are minus six at home against the Razorbacks. What do you think? I'm not sure I'm in the believer camp anymore. I'm, I'm looking to sell some shares, Shim. There haven't been many takers, though. I think everyone's trying to sell shares. Uh, there's no, uh, no demand on the opposite side. I mean, Tennessee, to me, is... Awesome at beating really bad teams. I mean, they beat South Carolina by 40 points and they beat them by 50 the first time. Um, And yeah, they beat Alabama, but I think they've consistently just risen to the elite level of competition and like must win spots. You look at the SEC big 12 tilt, and then you look at that Alabama game. But outside of that, like what have they really done? That's that impressive to warrant a top five Ken Palm. I look at Arkansas with Nick Smith. Um, I think Musselman listens to this show, Jim, and, and heard us call him out for his uh, hypocrisy and not utilizing Nick Smith properly last two games, looking like the lotto pick that we all expected. And sure enough, Arkansas looked like the team we expected, uh, given in Alabama a, a real run for their money, covered three straight, Kai. I'm just going to set you up for the spike here. I like Pick City quite a bit, even at the worst number. Yeah, I did too. It's come down to six. I, I When I wrote up this spiel here, I was surprised it hadn't come down more from six and a half and, and even seven this morning. Well, it's down. It's down to six. It's my best bet, Arkansas plus six. Like I've said before, it's a different team with Nick Smith in the lineup. When he plays over 20 minutes, Arkansas is seven and one against the spread. That's pretty good. I don't think his value still, even now, is fully baked into their line, to their to their analytics. Um, I just don't think he's, it's quite there. So there's value. And also, while I respect Tennessee, 
at home, especially they have not been great recently. Yeah. The Alabama one, by the way, Matt non-con they beat Kansas. They have some good wins, Tennessee, but yeah, they Texas too. They are this high in analytics because they do blow out really bad teams. I mean, they crush bad teams. That that's one thing they do very well. I think Arkansas competes here, Tennessee two and six against the spread last eight games. Give me the hogs plus six best bet. Yeah. It's strange to see an eight loss team sitting fourth in Ken Palm. Mm-hmm. Like I, I just don't think they're that good, but you've got those blowouts uh, by 40 and 50 over all the inferior competition. Uh, Kai, you mentioned the stat when Smith plays over 20 minutes a game. Well, can I interest you in all 40? He played every minute last game. It seems yeah. like he really is healthy and uh, Musselman is relying on him. He wasn't ultra efficient last game, but the way he changes their offensive pecking order, like he can be the top guy and then Black doesn't have to shoot as much. Council's more of a complimentary th- threat than it just makes a lot more sense from a team perspective. And they're getting decent production in the paint from Graham and the Mitchells. So I am with you guys. I like Arkansas there. Tennessee should be healthier. Um, Key and Phillips were out last game. Phillips has been out for an extended period of time. It seems like he's getting closer and closer, but we haven't seen him yet. Um, Josiah Jordan James has played. But even with them banged up, that I think kind of makes Arkansas even more appealing. So I'm with these guys. Lean towards the Razorbacks on the road, which hasn't been great this year, but that's all right. All right, next up in the Big Ten, Iowa at Indiana. Matt, we go to you first here on your who who Hoosiers. This is a weird spot for both teams. Um, I or Indiana just won at Purdue. Massive, massive win. Jalen Hood-Shafino with 35 on the road at Mackey. And then Iowa with the insane comeback, one of the, the comebacks of the season to knock off Michigan State after being down 13 with 90 seconds left in that game. How do you process this one, Matt? Your Hoosiers, like I said, laying five and a half at home. Yeah, so look at IU's last game against uh, Purdue, or I guess the game after Purdue. They beat Rutgers at home by six. They covered. It wasn't like an emphatic cover. It was pretty close. Um, you know, so I just like looking Rutgers at that team too. Injured Rutgers, though, right? So I mean, I think the point is, is it wasn't a great performance, but it wasn't a complete letdown. Dud gives me confidence that they don't come out and lay a complete egg here. However, um, feels a little too high, just given the uh, the the emotional general excitement off that insane win at Mackey. It just seems like everyone coordinated the program like all the way back and Woodson 3-1 against Purdue, Jalen Hood, Shafino, 30. Just a lot of that, a lot of press clippings. Kai, I get worried about laying. It's not a big margin, especially with a total 157, but it's still a margin against Iowa who, I don't know, are they a buy low? Um, also, Iowa's on the road. I think that's right. the ultimate take here. Why don't bet Iowa? I think that's the best take. Yeah, the home road splits are, are not favoring Iowa right now. Ten and five against the spread, plus four cover margin for Indiana at home. Iowa three and seven against the spread, minus four cover margin on the road. Big Ten home, we've said it a bunch. It's very profitable this year, and Indiana has a great home floor. Do they let down or have a letdown after that insane Purdue game? I don't know. I think they're plenty motivated here. I think both teams are still motivated. They're both playing for the two seed in the Big Ten still. Iowa has a path to get that two seed. I'm pretty sure. Um, and Indiana can still get to the three line in the NCAA tournaments. There's plenty to play for here, plenty of motivation. I don't think uh, a letdown or a bounce back is something we should be thinking of. Iowa, though, Jim, that massive comeback. How do you how do you follow that one up? Huh? 13 points. They were down with a minute, 30 seconds to go. They won against Michigan State and covered five and a half in overtime. Do they have enough juice on the road to, to do something similar? I don't know. I lean IU. Yeah, I think the spots offset each other, like what we're saying with Mm -hmm. Indiana, Purdue, Iowa off that crazy win. Now they go on the road. So I'm not worried about letdown for for Indiana because of the situation for Iowa. Uh, Sneaky Kai for the Hawkeyes. My guy, Peyton Sanford, starting to really knock down threes. 
up to almost 40% in league play, and, and it's been even better than that recently. I still really like Indiana here, though. Uh, Matt, you mentioned the first spot uh, against or coming off the Purdue win where they were able to cover against Rutgers. I think it was it was a team they had already lost to in the year, and I think they were a little peeved about it. And Indiana blew it late at Iowa earlier this season. No Pat McCaffrey in that game. Indiana was up six with like two minutes left and did not win. I think that also helps prevent any sort of letdown. So I'm going to stick with those home road splits. I think Indiana covers here. Uh, I'll, t- I'll take Indiana minus five and a half. Next up, one more Big Ten game. And oh boy, I can't believe that the Cornhuskers are lurking here. Kai, they're 15 and 14 overall, so maybe still a little dicey on the overall record. But the metrics are starting to rise a little bit, particularly the resume ones. And they've got some big wins. They've been playing great lately. Nebraska ball, a four-point home dog at Pinnacle, Pinnacle Bank, where teams have been really, really struggling this year. Do you think they're able to knock off Michigan State, who, like we just said, is off that crazy game at Iowa? Yeah, and while it's unlikely, Nebraska is not dead yet from tournament consideration. They're not dead. They've won and covered four in a row, five of the last six. Sparty crushed them in game one. They beat them by 18. But again, Big Ten home. Nebraska, nine and five against the spread at home. Plus three cover margin. This team does seem to have a bit of heart right now. They're really, I would say, uh, coming together, Matthew, and, and rallying around this recent winning streak. It's been impressive. And yeah, Sparty off that major heartbreaker. You have two options. You can bounce back or it rattles you a bit to lose that big of a lead with a minute 30 to go. Seemed like an easy win, a huge Q1 victory. And then you let it slip from your hands. Um, the line feels a bit short at four, but I do lean towards Nebraska at plus four. I just like the current form of this Huskers team. Yeah, which is crazy. I kind of thought we had written off Nebraska for dead, but got four straight wins, two in OT, five of the last six. Um, even without Bando and Gary Jim, I mean, Hoiberg's done a heck of a job. Like, I think people are trying to nudge him out just sort of like it's been a, it's been sort of a, it's run its course type thing, but to get this team back on track after they had the momentum, lost it temporarily with the injuries, they just keep fighting. Um, I like the the cut of this team's jib, Kai, as you would, uh, you would say, but it does feel short, even with the home road split thing, Jim, I don't know, nothing profound here. Stay away from me. Uh, I don't. I don't think it feels that short, given the current versions of the teams. I, I think it's okay. I definitely lean towards Nebraska. I haven't bet it, but Kai, you mentioned the the home road ATS splits with Iowa and Indiana. It's the same here. Nebraska nine and five against the spread at home. Michigan State three and seven against the spread on the road. Very pointedly saying, "Hey, look, Big Ten home court. It matters, especially for these particular teams." The way Nebraska is playing, triggering the ball with Derek Walker at the top of the key, a lot of cuts off of him. That opens up the floor for Griezel drives against smaller guards. tominaga has been giving people absolute headaches with his cutting and, and coming off of screens, shooting the ball. It's a quick-ish turnaround for Michigan State. Definitely Nebraska. Like I said, I have not bet this one, but I'm I'm considering it, man. They, they are rolling right now. All right, let's go to chat mob part one. Matthew is getting it done by hand over there, I believe. So what do you got for us? Actually, digitally, Jim. We're going to go digital today, so uh, hopefully the internet connection holds up. Always a risk. We're going to start with conference tournament action. Um, As pointed out in the chat, just some disappointment that we haven't covered any so far. So I'll try and focus most of my inquiries on those. Let's start with the Patriot, Kai. Ray Ray asking, is there not any reason, sorry, is there any reason not to blindly take the Patriot dogs? Um, We've kind of talked about how road teams in Patriot League have been really strong this season. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, any takes of any of the uh, matchups in this in this uh, in the opening round of the Patriot? I have one in particular. American, I'll get into, get to in a sec. 
Um, no, no real takes on these openers. I, I guess I'd lean towards the dogs, Holy Cross and Bucknell. Conference tournaments are weird, man. You, you kind of got to throw out the handicapping, throw out your numbers and go with your gut because that that's kind of what it feels. I think, I think more than anything, conference tournaments, it's kind of an art. It's a feel thing betting these, these and picking these in the pools. Um, so handicapping goes out the window, in my opinion. I agree. I had Holy Cross on my conference tournament bet list. I didn't play them though. I did take American. I uh, I just like the spot for them today. Lost to Bucknell twice in the regular season. Um, Andre screen at 100% healthy. So I did take first half and pull game. I think I was against some people in the chat. Sorry. Can't wait to lose more money on American, Jim. Um, Patty Taylor asked me about Georgia State, Texas State. I like Georgia State also on my conference tournament bet list. I haven't officially played them either, though, Jim. Should I? Or are we done with that team and their awful shooting ability? Matt, do you think this game is my best bet? Mm, I didn't check the uh, the transcript. It probably is. <laughs> it, it is. It is. Uh, I'll give it away. Whatever. Yes. Yeah, uh, under 132 is my best bet. I think this is gruesome. These two have not played this year, which is really weird for conference foes. Uh, Sunbelt's got so many teams now, they just weren't able to get that figured out. But uh, Texas State's going to slow it way down. I think conference tournaments also are uh, going to contribute to that. Teams are both bottom 15 in the country in uh, bottom 20 in the country in points scored from beyond the three point line. Neither can shoot. Neither wants to shoot. Both have decent interior defenses. I think that helps efficiency stay low. What's also going to be uh, potentially a slower game. So I'll take that under 132 Georgia State and Texas State. Boom. I'll reiterate it later. Matt, Ron Hunter's not walking through that door. This is not our Georgia State Panthers of, of your this is a different team. Dead last in the yeah. Sun Belt. Come on. It is, yeah. it is bad. I was hoping Jonah Hayes could recreate last year's late season surge. He put together at Xavier, but I just no evidence on this team whatsoever. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll hand up. I, I won my Southern Miss 200 to one Sun Belt. I also had Georgia State like eight to one. So I had two different ones and that one didn't go so well. They took <clears> last. Yeah, I that team's annoyed me. Lost a lot of money betting them this season. Let's pivot quickly to the Horizon tip off. Tonight, Kai, a few games. Detroit versus Purdue Fort Wayne. Uh, Antoine Davis chasing the scoring title. Some people in the chat think that's an angle to fave him. Are they over concentrating the offense and Antoine Davis in chase of the title? I don't think so. I think they're trying to get to a tournament in his last go round. Well, father son, magical huh. carpet ride. I don't know if I buy that angle because that is their offense. Their offense is Antoine Davis. <laughs> yeah. It's been that way for four strategy. or five years. It, it, it he uses 40% of their possessions. That's, that's what they do. So I don't think that's a, that's an angle to, to target. I think what the angle should be is, Hey, Purdue Fort Wayne underachieved during the regular season. This was a team that was picked number one in the preseason media poll in the horizon. I think there's a chance they bounce back. It's a really experienced team with a good group of guards. I would lean towards Purdue Fort Wayne. Jim, any takes on the other two uh, lopsided matchups? Uh, Green Bay catching 14 against Wright State. And, I'm sorry, 21 against Wright State. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'll take Wright be, State minus 14. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I took Green Bay plus 21 teaser. Um, I also took the Jags riding the hot streak. They're going back to Bobby Moe. Any take on the Jags versus uh, the Colonials? And an interesting schedule spot, I'll say. Yeah, big lean value PUI there. Uh, I know um, they aren't great but man they're playing a lot better of late and we are, we never thought that team was like decrepit and guess what they have more than five players more than you know, five last, half players that's good last yeah. year in the horizon tournament i think all five guys played 40 minutes and they've got a little bit more to them than that i i don't i'm not brave enough to touch green bay matt i wish you luck there but definitely lean towards the jags 
Uh, let's go to non-conference tournament action here real quick here. Kai, Colorado State at San Jose State from Scotty Age. Can we believe Tim Miles is laying three to Colorado State? Well, in this season, yes, I can. I have no take in this game, but thoughts? I kind of lean towards Colorado State, but that's me being stubborn and, and being in my old program state of mind. Uh, Tim Miles has definitely risen San Jose's, San Jose State's level, but they are coming off a massive overtime win over Boise. Um they do have a strong home court. I think two and a half is a bit much. I'd probably lean towards the Rams. Yeah, Tim Miles transcends programs. Jim, how about Ed R? Eddie Redman asking uh, us on some Mac. A lot of Mac inquiries. I know I'm technically the Mac guy in this in this group, but I've not been great betting this are. conference. I have not been great betting this league. He likes Ball State, Ohio, NIU. I like Northern Illinois as well. They've been a quiet cover machine lately despite a ton of injuries. They just play hard and they make every shot they take. Um, and then Ball State's got a ton of injury question marks there. Ohio State giving eight to Kent State. Just kind of a quick primer on those three. Any takes on any of those matchups? Um, the, the injuries are kind of spooking me off a lot of those. No Peyton Sparks for Ball State. They lost to Eastern Michigan without him. That is kind of the heart and soul of their offense without him in the paint. Uh, Northern Illinois played well without Coit. Matt, that's your boy. Uh, and he missed last game. Nutter just kind of went nuts. They had a pretty balanced attack. Hard to figure them out because of all the injuries they've had, but have still played well. Um, and then nothing, nothing in Kent State, really. I mean, they're just trying to win and hope that Toledo loses their finale right. and they can get a share of the title. Hi, a pair of A10 questions here. Let's talk about uh, VCU at SLU. It's not on the, on the outline, is it? It is not. Let's talk about that right now. Okay, your Billikens catching hmm. six in Richmond seems like a lot, doesn't it? Yep, I think it's too high. Um, I can't trust SLU. Again, this is one of those teams that's underachieved. The entire season. Well, you could argue VCU underachieved a little bit as well. Basically, every team in the A10. I think six too much. I, I lean towards SLU. Yeah, SLU's like really bad against Dayton, but they've been pretty competitive with VCU over the years. Mm-hmm. Covered four of the last seven. Not great, but um, I think they can hang around there. Jim, how about LaSalle Dayton? Dayton laying two touchdowns to the Explorers who have not covered their last two. Looked a little more mortal after covering. I think it was seven in a row for, for a bit. So I don't know. Uh, and or Anwar Gill has been out the last couple of games. I'm sure that matters. I've, Taking this one? I have no interest in betting Dayton until the tournament. I, I think they've just been really, really up and down. Rotation kind of changes every game. Sheriff Sheriff Jamps? I can't. That's a tough one for me. To, Mongolian Mike. Mongolian, Mongolian Mike. Mike. <laughs> uh, he's been in and out. I think he's back in. But I just I, I don't know. I think we'll, we'll see maybe closer to the full version of Dayton in the tournament, uh, although they do own SLU and they play them on Friday. So we'll see. Any thoughts on the Mike White Bowl, Georgia, Florida injuries on Florida? Obviously, Colin Caston has decimated the Gators. Mm-hmm. Short spread, though, was was my initial reaction when I saw Georgia giving two to the road Gators. Your take? I actually lean towards Georgia, um, but I think I still have them too high uh, right now. They, They've competed in in the first half of a lot of games and then even for 30 minutes, but recently they've kind of just died and, and they've gotten blown out in the last 10, 15 minutes of games. Saw it against Mizzou, but a home dog to a Florida team that I just don't think is that great right now without Colin Castleton. And that's maybe captain obvious there, but I, I don't think they are. I would lean towards Georgia plus two. Yeah. Last three for Georgia lost by 49, 32, 22. Mm-hmm. It's ugly, but I, yeah, I don't, I don't think Florida's good either. I definitely lean Georgia. I do too. Last one from our King Eve, Jim. Vatek at Louisville, a throwaway ACC game. Uh, Virginia Tech laying 10 on the road at our Cardinals. Not really our Cardinals, just. Uh, I thought it was a hair low. Um, I I do think Virginia Tech is going to trend up into the postseason, but man, they got smacked by Duke. Couldn't handle the athleticism over the weekend. 
I think Louisville is going to really struggle to guard that structured offense that makes you go through multiple actions, screening off the ball. I, I could see Louisville kind of just throwing in the white flag down the stretch in that game. I don't disagree. Let's get back to the outline. I'm going to get the rest of the conference tournament games rounded up here, and we'll hit them at the end. Let's do it. All right. Well, stay on your toes, Maddie, because it's coming right back to you. We talked to IU. Now we're talking your Blue Devils, your two favorite squads in the Bye. nation. Six and a half point home favorites against NC State, who just got mauled by Clemson <laughs> from start to finish over the weekend. Duke played well. Is this a matter of we should back Duke because they're playing better right now? Or is it buy low, sell high, and we should back, get in on the Wolfpack, who kind of whooped Duke in the first game? I think it's a good buy low, sell at fair price. Just more of a buy low on Duke. I think NC State's pretty legit. Um mm-hmm. I mean, I think it opened forward. That was a joke. Of course, the eager beavers out there bet their uh, bet their early money on that, and now it's at six and a half, which feels too high given the matchup concerns that showed up in the first meeting. Duke's inability to guard ball screens has been an issue even before the Shire era. It's sustained this season, um, and that's NC State's forte. I mean, there's no one better uh, than Joyner and Turk Smith just making tough shots coming off ball screens. They can just you know tie your head in a pretzel. Um, but no, I'm not going to. I guess I'm not going to get involved here, Kai. I want to bet Duke at a buy low and not at the current price of the matchup concerns. I, I don't even know if Duke's a buy low, to be honest. I mean, they're they're probably where I'd have them analytically right now. Maybe a little the bit behind. Best team but... in the ACC, Kai? Yeah, I mean, 33rd. I have them higher than 33rd my power <laughs> yeah, being transparent. But I think NC State is is still a pretty good team. And when this was 7.5, I, I thought, sheesh, I mean, that's really, really high. 6.5, okay, that's more where I expected it. I still think it's a bit uh, too big. It's not the worst idea to fade Duke. They're 11 and 18 against the spread this year, but they have covered two of the last three. They've won four straight, but they played four of the weakest teams in the ACC. So I think this recent run you're seeing, you can't give them too much credit here. Matt, you're the king of caveating wins. I think Duke's last four wins can be caveated pretty easily. NC State destroyed them in Raleigh. They they beat them by 24, gave up 0.85 points per possession. I kind of like NC State again here, Jim. It's a big bounce back off the Clemson loss. Trust their backcourt way more. And you know they're going to be up to play Duke. This is a huge game for them, of course. Rivalry, everything else that goes with it. NC State plus six and a half is way I lean. Yeah, I'm, I'm very, very split here. So I won't be giving any strong opinion. I do think the way Duke is trending is intriguing. Given the talent, you're getting contributions from Whitehead. Matt, your boy Proctor is playing really well Tyrese. recently. Yeah, uh, and even Roach has given them kind of what you hoped you'd get from a junior leader. So I'm gonna I'm gonna sit this one out. I I'm with Kai. I still trust NC State's backcourt more, which is weird because they are erratic uh, and a lot of one v one action. But I like the trajectory Duke is on. The talent is starting to rise up. Maybe they figured it out a little bit. So I, I will sit that one out. Speaking of teams that have figured it out, perhaps that would be Villanova. They are playing extremely well lately. Justin Moore back in there. Jordan Longino in there as well. Healthy team with some real depth to them. Kai, I uh, was was against them over the weekend, and yeah. oh my goodness, did Eric Dixon kind of hand me my lunch. He went nuts against Creighton, stretching the floor, pulling Kalkbrenner away from the rim. So now Villanova's on the road at Seton Hall, laying one and a half. Are you riding with the Wildcats hot streak here? Yeah, they, they've been a lot better recently, Villanova. And I was skeptical of Moore's impact, how it was measured in the market, but then they rattled off a road win at Xavier. They killed Creighton at home. So they are playing a lot better. They're playing their best basketball for sure right now. Still have to win the Big East tournament to make the dance. So there's not like an at-large consideration uh, here. No way. No chance. We did Too a little losses. discussions on fielding the 68 yesterday. There's a you chance. Could, 
give him credit for Justin Moore, I suppose, but I still don't really see it. Um, Seton Hall has been awful lately. They've lost four or five. The Kadari Richmond injury is very concerning. He went, he went down against UConn and they promptly got killed by Xavier. If he's out again, you can't back Seton Hall. Um, Villanova beat him in game one with Richmond. Uh, and they were actually up by 14 with three minutes to go. It wasn't really that close. Seton Hall made a late run. I think Eric Dixon's floor spacing ability can be a real problem uh, for, for Seton Hall's defense. And Villanova's ball handling is a great counter to their pressure, their ability to wreak havoc defensively, which, by the way, kind of goes away with Richmond off the floor. So, Matt, I lean towards Nova if if Richmond is out. If he's in, I'd probably stay away. I agree. I mean, here's how I handicap this. Um, Seton Hall was priced the exact same against a depleted, uh, injured Xavier team without Richmond. I think Nova's fully healthy and with the version we're seeing now is better than that Xavier team and they're laying the same number. I, I think I would just keep riding with the fade Seton Hall angle without Richmond. I mean, I've been kind of a Hall defender, but that was contingent on a fully healthy roster, which honestly we really haven't seen all season. And Richmond's so important what they do on both ends. Mm-hmm. Um, they have zero offensive creation without him, in my opinion, especially with my guy, Dre Davis out. Uh, so yeah, Jim, I think I just think simple here and, and lay it with Nova. Keep riding the wave. Yeah, since the start of February, Villanova, 33rd in the country, Seton Hall, 123rd. Like That is a massive disparity. I'll take mm-hmm. the team that's playing way, way better. Only really needs to win. I'll ride with the, the, the trend, too. For the record, chat, I don't think Villanova is going to get an at-large bid. But I said, if they make the Big East final, they went out here, they beat, uh, they went at Seton Hall, beat UConn, get to 20 and 15 was what is what they would be. Uh, I think if they made the Big East title game, maybe it'd be 19 and 15. But the version with more would be like 11 and four with some really big wins. I think that it would be talked about at the very least in a world where the committee cared about the conference tournaments. I I probably agree with you. We know they do not, especially on the weekend leading leading up to selection Sunday. Also true. Come on. You don't want to Villanova or Villanova UNC and Dayton. You think the committee can resist that? Oh, I'm sure the committee would love that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. All right. Next up, Clemson at Virginia, another team fighting for its tournament life. That would be the Orange Tigers. The aforementioned destroyers of NC State over the weekend. And Kai, this is another one. Do we just ride with one team that's playing well and one that's not? Like Clemson with that big win. I mean, they're not playing consistently well, but they got that one. And Virginia has looked awful outside the top 100 since February started. It, it's it's a real mess right now for the Cavs. Yeah, Clemson woke back up. Uh, 18-point win against Syracuse, 25-point win at NC State. I mean, that's a pretty big statement. If they win here, I think the committee gives them the nod. Bad losses are holding them back for sure. But if they get to 14 or 15 ACC wins, there's almost no way the committee can say no to that, especially what we've seen on early returns with this committee, the way they think. Virginia, you said it. They've looked bad the last four games. They beat Louisville by three, Notre Dame by two, lost to Boston College by 15, lost to UNC by eight. It's not a great last four games, but I do think their defense can disrupt Clemson. I think they can force turnovers, force them to be a jump shooting team. They have enough mobility to to keep up with P.J. Hall. I just can't trust their offense right now, Matt. Tenth in the ACC. They've been awful finishing recently. I don't think they should be a 6.5 favorite right now um, over Clemson. So I lean towards the Tigers. Uh, it's my best bet. Clemson plus six and a half. I just don't understand the uh, the line. Virginia is not that good. I know they are they have a big fat number next to their name, and they're sitting at a four seed kind of comfortably in the tournament because they're acting a lot of good wins early. But this is a different team than what we saw early in the season. Um Jim's talked about the the, the Shedrick identity crisis where just not having him as like the clear cut epicenter of that defense, like really makes that defense vulnerable and their offensive 
consistency hasn't been there either. I think they're a good shooting team, but still a, a, a herky jerky offense overall. And Clemson's legit, man. Like PJ Hall's playing tonight. Sounds like I know his back's always walky. This team's thin on depth. Uh, Alex Hemingway has just been a shell himself since he came back from injury. They've gotten some good contribution from freshmen. Um, so I worry about Clemson's depth, maybe in a tougher spot, but you know, there's two games left. They got to win to get in the tournament. There's no, you know, conserving anything. Like they got to go all out here. I think they do. John Paul Jones scares me somewhat, but not enough to not take it. So I'm taking the points here with the Tiggers. Yeah. I just gave the splits on Villanova Seton Hall since February 1st, Virginia 111th at Bartorvik since February 1st, Clemson 29th. So uh, one team very demonstrably better than the other. You're getting six and a half with a team that is trending up. Certainly lean that way. Um, all right. Last one on the outline before we go back to chat mode. That would be Texas Tech at Kansas. Tough miss for Texas Tech over the weekend. Had the big comeback against TCU. Did not quite finish the job. Uh, a couple free throws late from Jacoby Coles put them away. Now the Jayhawks looking like the uh, potential Big 12 champion. Laying nine at home. Matthew, going to you first here. We haven't loved Kansas as a big favorite at home this year, but they've gotten a little bit better covering these numbers in recent stretches. Are you going with Kansas, or do you think Texas Tech with AMAC keeps it close? I think the number's right about what it should be. Uh, open to 10, but bet down to 9. I kind of like the angle of betting or fading Kansas as a larger favorite. Jimmy, even though you mentioned they've been better in that spot, I still don't think any team in this conference, even Oklahoma, is um, should be catching 10. I think it's any team anywhere. I just don't. And that's coming from someone who's not a huge Texas Tech believer. I'm sure Kai will probably give a more emphatic endorsement of the Red Raiders. But, um, I mean, God, Kansas is still really good. So, I don't know. Nothing profound here for me. This is kind of a tough one to peg. Yeah, Tech's magical run almost continued. They they had TCU on the ropes. They, they let them go. Had they won that game, gosh, it'd be pretty interesting right now to see where they would stack up. As it stands... They have some major work to do and praying. It's not impossible for them to make the tournament, but they need to probably get this win here at KU. Easier said than done. Assuming they beat Oklahoma, of course, next game, which is not a given. Um, they'd be 7-11 in the Big 12, a couple tournament chances. But Kansas is Kansas. I, I trust this team a lot more, obviously. Tech played them really, really tough in game one. I just can't really see them doing it as easily at the fog. But nine points, I agree with Matt. It's just high for any team in this conference. And Tech has just lost four games all year by nine points or more. They tended to keep things close. I, I think they can do it again. So I lean towards Tech at plus nine. Yeah, nine just feels too high. I think Texas Tech is feisty despite that loss. I, I don't think they're going to roll over despite um, going down to TCU and maybe being too far outside the at-large picture. Because even if you're 7-11 and 11 in, in the Big 12, you're a team that did nothing in the non-con. So what's your, what's your case there of, okay, we... Went seven and eleven in our league, and yeah, getting yeah, getting AMAC. AMAC back. Yeah, definitely been better with him, um, and he's been like putting up numbers. Uh, it's not just you know he's on the court and making a difference; he's actually making a, a real statistical impact as well. Definitely lean their way. Uh, it's hard to imagine. Well, it's not hard to imagine Kansas winning by ten at home, but uh, I, I think the Red Raiders with Adams are actually showing some fight and keep that one relatively close. All right, let's go back to chat mob, Matthew. I hope you are continuing to document everything. Yeah, you know, not my best diligence, but I think I got most of them, Jim. Um, <laughs> let's talk conference tournaments. North Alabama at Eastern, sorry, not at Eastern, playing against Eastern Kentucky. It is at Eastern Kentucky. Um, no, yeah, this is, thank you, thank you, Kai. This is, yeah. all these games in the A-Sun are at the higher C. Eastern Kentucky hosting North Bama. Big injury question mark here at C.J. Johnson, likely um, out, or I guess presumed out based on the early money that bet this from minus seven to minus nine 
are the Colonel's shin bone. Any take here? Uh, KJ Johnson, but yeah, no, KJ, no sorry, KJ Johnson, I think is an issue. You saw how well North Alabama was playing, rolling with Jakari Lane as the key feature guy. And then KJ Johnson goes out for two games and they get kind of rolled in both. Don't cover either one. Can't really bet it without knowing his status, but if he's out, I think I'd still lean uh, away from North Alabama and towards EKU. Uh, Kai, how about um, Stetson against Lipscomb? Uh, Swenson is a key injury, as McKay points out in the chat. Yep. Uh, Stetson laying minus two. Actually, lines are all over the place here. It's down to pick, actually. Open three. So big money against betting. Probably that Swenson's out, a key piece for uh, the Hatters. As I said on VEASAN this morning, I I think it's too short. I think Stetson should be favored in this game, even without Swenson. Kempom has this minus four. And and Donnie Jones, Stetson's head coach, said that he would probably be back for this game, or at least he's aiming to be back for this game. It's the postseason, man. You're playing through an ankle injury. Swenson is very important. He's an all-conference player. He's their point guard. He is their quarterback, in the words of Donnie Jones. Um, and, and, And these teams just played each other on Friday. You could maybe argue that that's an advantage for Lipscomb. Maybe not as much home. You're going back to the court you just won on. They split the season series at each other's place. Both games were overtime. Lipscomb's the only team to cover against Stetson at Stetson. They're seven and one this year against the spread. Stetson is at home. I lean towards a sun home here. I lean towards Stetson's the best offense in the a sun this season. Give me the Hatters. I agree. Hatters. Jim agrees. I can't believe I'm the only one wearing a hat today. Look at that. I know. Uh, yeah, of I note, I see. I see Circa has this at minus two. When you see a discrepancy that far off from the general consensus in the market, especially from a book like Circa who takes opinions on games, I think that's noteworthy. That's all I'll say there. Uh, Jim, quickly, let's get to the other two uh, matchups in the A-Sun where we have the favorite who sat idle yesterday watching their um, their opponent play today. So we have Kennesaw hosting Queens. Queens beat uh, Gulf Coast yesterday. And Liberty hosting Bellarmine, who went on a crazy buzzer beater um, I like Kennesaw. seems like the chat disagrees with me. Any take on either of those? I thought both the spreads were high, um, even knocking some back-to-back for the teams that are playing a second day in a row. But you also got to knock home a little bit. They're very familiar with the court. They just played there. There's no travel. Um, but man, both those top two teams have been the top two for an extended period of time. And I didn't think either team that won in the ASUN yesterday looked particularly good. Queens especially, I thought, looked like garbage. Kai, you said watching that game, it felt like they should be up <laughs> They should have won by 20. Yeah, I I agree. That that was kind of my assessment of that game, too. I think Jordan Majeski tweeted. He's like, I don't think either of these teams competes with Kennesaw tomorrow. So despite my initial gut reaction that it was high, I'm not betting it. And I do think Liberty is going to be kind of on a mission in this tournament after not winning the event last year. I took Kennesaw. I got six and a half because I'm sharp and I timed my pounce at the right one, Kai. So uh, I think the Owls get revenge from that loss to Queens late in the season, which came just after that big win against Kennesaw. So Queens only beat Kennesaw, in my opinion, sorry, against Liberty. Queens only beat Kennesaw because of the spot. That's my take there. Um, Kai, let's pivot to Sunbell action. We haven't really talked about many of these games here. Arkansas State versus Coastal Carolina. Um, I hate both these teams. They're both bad. I have zero take in this. Big injury question mark. Um, for Coastal, whose name I cannot remember slash pronounce. Jim, help me out here. Asa Mustafa, I believe. Mustafa has been out for a little bit. Thank you. Um, Kai, take on this one. Uh, Neither team Coastal minus two, sorry. Neither team has gone. This is a neutral floor, by the way. This is in Pensacola, I believe. Um, Neither team has been kind to me from a betting perspective. It's hard to figure the other team out. I kind of lean towards a dog here. I don't think there's much separation between these two teams. Um, Lean Arkansas State. 
Coastal's covered one game in the last nine. They've been horrific yeah, down the stretch. <laughs> I would I would not want to lay points with a team that's been that been that bad. All right, let's get a couple more outside of conference tournament action. Uh, how about Texas A&M, Ole Miss? Man, Jim, you mentioned Ole Miss has waved the white flag on the season. Laying, I'm sorry, catching only five at home to the Aggies. Feels a little short to me given this, the current state. Are they getting the, the new coach bump, Matthew? I don't know. Mm, uh, yeah. With Kermit relieved of his duties, we saw what happened with Xavier last year when they went a nice little run after Travis Steele got let go. I don't know. I don't totally buy that. I think we see that more in like the NFL and, and European soccer of like the new coach, new manager bump. I'm not sure Mississippi's going to see it. I think Texas A&M is just uh, much, much better at this stage, and they're coming off a loss. I would, I would lean towards the Aggies, even though the price may be a little steep. Last one here, Kai. I'll set you up to laugh in my face. Uh, a lot of questions about Butler versus Marquette. Some money coming Don't in on Marquette. Yeah, I'm taking Butler money line. Oh, stop Franklin. They're supposed to play tonight. Um, I just think it's one of those weird games that no one can explain. We'll look back in a year or two, like, how did Butler beat Marquette? I think Marquette's leveling off. I think they're a little bit overvalued right now. They're still really good. They're awesome. Just, my God. Just won the Big like East. A, I, I know. That's also they're the reason why I like them in this game. In the Big East. They've already sealed it up, have they not? Because of the DePaul they, game? They've beat they've, Xavier and Creighton before that. They have not clinched it outright. They have clinched a share. They've clinched a share. Okay. I think Butler beats them tonight. And I can't explain why. Just uh, trust my God on that one. You're just... Okay, I don't. The only good team Baylor's beat this the year. The only... I mean, besides the K-State home game, in conference play, they beat Xavier. And Xavier had about the worst shooting game I've ever seen in my entire life from a Xavier team. Oh, by the way, Chuck Harris is playing. That's bad. They're not very yeah, good with him in the lineup. So I like Marquette. I can well, see it, can it being a weird Marquette game. Too. It can I, be I competitive. Marquette's... I just don't think it's going to be outright. Yeah, and, uh, the Marquette blog paint touches. He theorized they're going to see a lot more bench minutes. So maybe you don't get the full normal version of Marquette as they come down the stretch here. But Matt, I can't sign off on, on Moneyline. Bowler been off for a week too. Scott H is right. I'm just unhinged on the West Coast guy. Just feeling the flow out <laughs> yeah, here. Save feeling, this. Feeling the vibes. Save this video, Jacob. This is going to be... Played on Twitter when Butler wins outright. And hey. Matt gets yep. to laugh we're, in our face. We're going to look like idiots. Sure. Thank you. Um, all right. Let's go to uh, our best bet recap here. Who is leading that off me? Yes. You sure are. Clemson plus six and a half. Fading the who. Sorry, Virginia fans. Many out there I uh, I like and I respect and I like your program, but this is just not a – this season's going down the, the drain here pretty quickly. So Clemson plus six and a half. Arkansas plus six. Nick Smith. They're really good with him in the lineup. Turns out when you add a lottery pick back in, you're you're a pretty good team. Arkansas plus six. And for me, Georgia State, Texas State under 132. Two slow teams, two teams that cannot shoot. Neutral side here in Pensacola, hopefully not a great shooting background for them. I think it is kind of a, a semi-cavernous. There's been some weird, ugly games in that Sunbelt tournament in the past. So like the under there, 132, that's what I'll ride with. That's it for today. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in. We'll be back again tomorrow, same time, 1 p.m. Eastern on the Field of 68 YouTube channel. March 1st. March 1st. March 1st. Is that a noteworthy Ooh. month, Matthew? Do Notable we like for some. Notable for some. <laughs> we are big fans of March. Yes, indeedy. Uh, hit the like button on your way out if you haven't yet. We appreciate that. Shout out to Bet Rivers. Shout out to Jacob behind the scenes with the production. That's it for today. We'll catch you tomorrow.